You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hello there, this is Jason Eagle, your Natural Health Authority, with another Healing Matters. And uh, today we're going to talk about um, jerking, shaking, um, fidgety, wobbly, um, and one level would be it's because of this. And then the other level, which is really the show is about that, which is, is it Parkinson's? What is Parkinson's? Now, the first thing is, is that, um, shaking and wobbling and all this other type of stuff can also become coming from something else that's not really Parkinson's. And that would be, let's say, adrenal dysfunction, adrenal. So some people, you know, are, are jerky. And when they go to, like, for instance, you, you, they stick their hand out and their hand is kind of shaky a little bit. Um, I've known people that have been like that ever since their, their whole life. And that's a part of it is, is that's an adrenal type. That's also the person that's smoking all the time. Um, again, a person can have Parkinson's and stuff like that. But let's start off with, you know, the answer to this, this show, which is why are my hands shaking? So the adrenal type of thing, um, that can, so people that do too much caffeine, um, but also that's because they're trying to support a deficient adrenal. They have to get their sleep. They have to get their salt. There's a couple answers to that. And, um, you know, that, so when people think, you know, that this jerkiness and when they see other people, you know, this can also be a person like, for instance, that you see their, their leg bouncing up and down all the time. You're sitting next to them and they're blah, 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 or they're, they're rocking or something like that. Um, sometimes that can also be a cardiovascular thing, which is, it's literally a blood flow thing. Um, uh, high blood pressure or it's not necessarily the heart itself as much as the muscles if the adrenals are, are insufficient or they or they always stuck in kind of like a, a turned on state that can cause a person's muscles to be very very tight and uh, then that squeezes on their pipes and the muscles also too are inside the vessel so that can kind of and when it gets enough you can see like if you've ever had like say a fever or or even like say for instance when you are let's say running or doing something strenuous and then your heart is up there pumping pumping when you sit down uh, there and you're just sitting in a chair, you'll see their bounce. It'll wobble, wobble, wobble. And if you try and let's say meditate while your heart is at a heart rate, you'll notice that your body will wobble. So sometimes that wobbling is a cardiovascular thing, meaning why am I shaking? Now for again, adrenals and this other stuff, um, you do one thing. Okay. And we'll talk actually to give it, it its real due diligence. I'm going to do another show on that. And uh, I'll come back to that. But I wanted to map that out and say that could be one of the things. Don't freak out that it's always Parkinson's. Okay. So now we get into, well, what, when it is Parkinson's and what is Parkinson's um, and who is Parkinson's? Like, uh, like nowadays people kind of go with well, that disease. Oh, it's that Michael J. Fox disease. That's it. And I'll, I'm going to talk later too about a study that was funded by the Michael J. Fox that is proof that this line of thinking and this type of treatment and this understanding of what Parkinson is, is, um, they're getting to the nitty gritty of it. And, but let's first of all talk about what is it? So if a person, for instance, has Parkinson's and you'll have the person like Michael J. Fox, who's the wobbler, or you'll have a person where like they're trying to thread a needle and it's like, or trying to touch something and their finger is wobbling or bring a spoon up to their mouth or, or take your credit card at the, at the, you know, the shopping place. 
um, or touch a screen, okay? And, and Parkinson's is it starts to get worse and worse and worse, and it eventually gets to a point of where literally it's it, it can, you can die from it, you know? Um, and so part of it too is, is also you can be a point of where you suffer for a long, long time, and it can be a long, long drawn out thing. Now, people on medications like Michael J. Fox, who's, he's, doing these things, but he's also, he's got a really, really bad case. And so, um, and maybe he didn't really deal with it, uh, this way, um, soon enough and there's damage, but let's talk about, I always like to do this about anything that's going on inside the body is we have to talk about what happens in the outside. What does it look like? What is the functionality? And then now imagine like you are Ant-Man in, in the Avengers and you become super little small. And you go, because there's mechanics to your body. What does it look like? What does Parkinson's look like? So if you've ever said like the Avengers, the Ant-Man, he has the suit where he can become super, super little. And he can literally get inside your body like that fantastic voyage or something like that where you're shrunken. And now in your vessels or inside your body, a cell, let's say cell of water, something floating around, you're now inside your body is now as huge as a mountain or as big as a car. And what does it look like on that level? And let me tell you, there's a mechanics to it. And we know this through what's, because we can shrink ourselves down. And that's through electron microscope. So they use a microscope where you, microscope makes, you know, look at bacteria and stuff like that. But an electron microscope is, you can look down to a single atom. You can literally see what the atoms look like. Well, that's even too small for our body because our really body is just a bunch of atoms that put together to form different larger structures like geodesic domes, okay? Because atoms then turn into, for instance, elements. And then the elements then turn into molecules. And then molecules then go, so it goes slower to higher. So really, really, what do you look like on the inside is a completely different mechanism. And what those mechanisms are is when you see through the electron microscope, it's exactly like what we would do in our world, which is if you're going to build a house, you're going to ship in the new cells or the new lumber and then, you know, some concrete over here. But you're also going to have to tear down what you were um, you built before or what hasn't built yet. So it's, it requires an ex a taking away and an adding it on. And if you look inside the body, it's also, so when we're talking about Parkinson's, we're talking about the nerves, which is your nerves is number one is a brain and your brain is the thing that sits inside your head and connects to everything. But if you imagine like now zoom out a little bit bigger and if you could see past your skeleton, you would see that your brain looks like these two lobes, two hemispheres with like say one in the bottom at the back and then it becomes a tadpole. It literally, so your spinal cord looks like, you look like a sperm. If you were to see what a sperm looks like, is a bulbous top, but you're, instead of it all being one piece, it's two pieces, and then it goes down, okay? And so the brain is the nervous system. Now, also, when you look at the, the brain, now, that's your spinal cord, which is down the hollow of the your, your vertebrae. But at each vertebrae, because we have the vertebrae, when you have the fish bones or, or you know, those types of things, that's what it is. So you've got the ribs and then you've got the, when you're cutting fish, okay, that's that center round thing. Well, there's a tube that goes through there, which is the spinal cord, but at each vertebrae, it then splits out into arms, just like my body, which is you see my arms come out my sleeve. So imagine that as this main pipe is going down and above it is an arm that comes out and below it is an arm and that goes out into the periphery. So it's like 
your neurology is based upon your spinal cord, which is a main highway. And that's this, that one has to kind of go up and down. So you think about it kind of like a vortex. Or let's say electricity. Why electricity and why does it look almost like lightning? If you were to take this thing, you see a lightning rod that comes down and you see it goes and goes straight down, but then it has these spindly arms that kind of come off and then go to other little places. That's exactly what your neurology looks like. And that's exactly what your neurology is, is your electricity. Now zoom into where do we also know electricity? I'm speaking to you through electricity, but let's say if it's wireless, nothing's plugged into the wall. Okay, so let's go back to, let's say, imagine you're listening to me on a phone. That's gotta be plugged into some power somewhere, which is, it's a cord. So all of our electricity is something like that is, now zoom into the wall of the electricity. I'm getting somewhere, which is your body is the same thing as the building you live in, is the wires. The wires in your car or the wires in your house is a copper wire, which is a metal that has a sheath around it, has insulation or has duct tape or not, you know, electrical tape. Because if you have a wire touching another wire, it will arc. And that's essentially, when you think about a person's with Parkinson's, that's what the jerkiness is, is that instead of their electricity going down their nerves, their wire, where one is separated from the other and they don't bleed over, what happens is, is the myelin sheath, which is the electrical, the rats are eating your wires. I had that happen to my car before, like in, you know, uh, my car was parked next to where there was a rat nest and, and it was wintertime and they, like a cat, they come up and they get into your warm car after you're parked it and they started eating away at the wires and it was that causing a problem. Had a guy find it and what do we do? We splice those wires and replace them and replace the insulation, okay? And so now it wasn't misfiring. That's what a Parkinson is, is there's a misfiring because there's a breakdown of what's called the myelin sheath. Now let's get into what we, I'm not going to say how it happened yet because that's the real kicker is just what's going on. They're all in the treatment world. We're talking about what's going on. How did this happen in the first place? So number one, the myelin sheath, what is it made out of? In your building, it's made out of plastic, okay? In your electrical equipment, it's made out of plastic, so, but in your body, that plastic is not plastic, it's fat. So it's a fat layer. The myelin sheath is made out of a lipid layer. Because why? Because it's just like plastic. Oil and water doesn't mix. And so the oil, anything that is protected in this oily structure, the nerve that's inside there, that's where the electricity literally is going through, um, it's protected. Now, in Parkinson's, what's happening is... There's a breakdown in that myelin sheath. Think about this. It's the rats are eating on the wires or they're rubbing or something like that. So what could be rubbing? What could be eating away at the wires? Now we get into where really the latest, and, and it's been around for a long time, but it's really, it, I'm going to go through. There's a study done like this, michaeljfox.org, uh, the uh, July 19th of 2019. They published a study or a, a whatever about a doctor who did a study on this stuff. Because now people get into the questions of Parkinson's. Okay, you haven't finished telling me what it is, but where does it come from? And most people, first thing they hear or think of is, oh, it's genetic. It's the genes. And that's true. There's something to it. But here's the study that talks about it's not really genes. And in fact, genes are not what you think they are. Genes are not. A, so when people hear genes, they go, ah, it's my death curse. I was born with this and I'm, you know, it's a handicap. 
That's not what a gene is. A gene is that, but it doesn't mean it's a handicap. It means it's a propensity. Meaning if these, when these genes are this way and the conditions are right, it will set this off. And they proved this. So now we get into what's really going on on that cell is it's being attacked. So the very first thing that most people kind of go with Parkinson's and they think of is, well, it's your immune system because we know that it's, they have a lot of inflammation. So the first thing that, that I, I think a lot of the medical world, a lot of people go to is, is you have an autoimmune disease, which is kind of like blaming the victim. It's like you're doing it to yourself. Your immune system is all screwed up. And so that's why what a lot of the drugs are sedating it and treating it and stuff like that. A lot of the drugs actually just are almost like a, a you know, a, a, it makes you dazed and catatonic and it, you just don't, can't move as much. And I know people that have said that they took the medications and it was like, I had to stop it because it was just, it turned me into zombie land. It's not really getting to the bottom of where is this coming from? That's what I'm getting to, which is, first of all, you have to like Ant-Man look and see what it is. And what it is, is this, this fat layers being broken down and not being replaced. So number one, who's breaking it down? They blame the immune system. And yes, the immune system is still involved, but they say that there's no infection. So the immune system is a response to what? A damage or an infection, an invader. The immune system's not dumb. And that's what it does is it detects something that's not supposed to be there and then floods it with blob acid dissolving juice and traps it and literally, literally traps the thing in order to stop whatever's going on. And it's only doing what it's told. Your immune system is only doing what it was programmed to do. But what I'm saying is it is an infection. And that's what this, this one of these studies, and you go through and just do a Google search on what's called uh, a Parkinson's and infection relationship. And it's, I'm not gonna go over like what's infection, anything you can think of can set this off. So First of all, uh, that study uh, was based upon this one doctor that took a bunch of mice. Okay, so they have isolated the most likely gene that goes to Parkinson's. And that one is what's called a PINK1, P-I-N-K-1, and then a P-R-K-N gene. Okay, so now there are mice that have this. So what this doctor did is found, because they had a speculation that like the mice that had these genes weren't getting Parkinson's, okay? But what he did is he thought it's because the mice were in a sterile environment and they weren't exposed to any infections. They weren't. So what he did is expo exposed the, the mice that had these particular genes. Not all of them had it, but these ones that did have it, what he did is he isolated those and exposed them to just a mild intestinal infection, a, a gut bacteria type of thing, a gut dysbiosis, gave them some bad food. Right, essentially. And what happened is, is that activated a huge amount of those developed because that's what they found is almost 100% of people who do have Parkinson's has these genes, which one would suspect, ah, if you have the gene, so now we go to the genetic route, which is get tested. And if you have that gene, oh my God, this is what I'm going to have. No, that's not true because these mice had it. But what was the correlation is when they faced some other type of infection, their immune system then switched into which is this overpowering, which is your immune system overacts. So that's part of it. But it's not overacting to a illegitimate. It's a legitimate. So everyone's still chasing their tail on that, which is they're not going after. That's why these studies are so, uh, and, and exactly what Michael J. Fox is looking at. So now let's go to the list of what are these. And that's just a basic infection. 
What have they now, when you go through the huge list of all these different studies they found, and some people are saying it's they, and here's the other thing that I will say is, is that there's a lot of studies that have been done where it's viruses. What they found is one of the infections that are, that people have is many times it is a, what they found is a trifecta. If you are a person that has not only this gene, but, and sometimes not even this gene, but have the trifecta of a herpes or a, a herpes simplex one or HSV one, a CMV, which is cytomegalovirus, that's the hand, foot, and mouth disease, and an Epstein bar, that's like mono. When those people, so the high level of people that have Parkinson's, a huge amount of them have those three. Okay. Now who also, we all have those things. We all have herpes. A lot of people have cytomegalovirus. A lot of people have Epstein-Barr. Okay. And don't know about it. But there's these other things that are inside there that can also be the trigger, which was a meningitis. Some people have where they have this and they, a shingles will also be these underlying infections. Um, then we also get into, there's a, another study that said, well, we think it's bacteria. We think it's, it's fungal. We think it's all this. So what's bacterial? Bacterial B is respiratory. A person or like a sinus infection that has a constant or a respiratory, always coughing up green stuff or something like that. That's enough to trigger this. That's enough to set this off. Um, urinary tract infection, people that have constant urinary tract infection, kidney infection, these things. Um, can then get in there. Um, dental, which is uh, gingivitis, these types of things. Why am I saying these things? Oh, here's another one. One of the really top ones that they're finding is a huge amount of people with Parkinson's also have what's called toxoplasmosis gondii or toxoplasmosis, which is cat poop, right? Uh, toxoplasmosis, I don't know if you've heard it before, but like if you're a pregnant lady, they would tell people, don't change the cat litter box. And if you do have a cat, like for instance, don't have an inside cat because it's a parasite that comes from cat's feces and it becomes in the litter. And if you got a cat that's living inside that can go outside and sometimes people get rescue cats. So when did the cat get it? They've always had it. Okay. And it's a parasite. It's a worm and a worm that will get inside the intestines and can actually even get inside the brain. And there's many, many people, if you watch some of these horrible shows where a lot of neurologic function when they do MRIs and stuff like that, and even Alzheimer's and when a person's, you know, brain or, or this uh, Parkinson's, their brain is turned to Swiss cheese or something like that. It's because it's been eaten away because of worms. And one of the top ones is toxoplasmosis just comes from cats, gets into your food. Um, another one is pork, trichinosis. Trichinosis can be, so a lot of the pork eaters, a lot of the people that eat undercooked pork and even really cooked pork can still carry lots of that. So the dirty pork can, so where do we get these things? This is just everywhere. There's all these different infections that will set this off, okay? But here's the real connection is, is okay, these are things that anybody can have right? What do you do about it if you have Parkinson's, okay? First of all, you treat these things correctly, and you can test for these different things, and again, you can find out, and a lot of times people have the whole, oh, H. pylori is another one in there, which is, that's the person that has acid reflux. They found Helobacter is a, is a breakdown, and, and they take an antibiotic, so if you didn't know, if you have a 
a bleeding ulcer, an ulcer, the doctors will put you on a specific antibiotic and it kills it because it's a bacterial infection inside the stomach that's causing you to eat holes in your stomach. This is one of these things. And people can have subclinical of any one of these things. They can have these infections inside their body that are what's called subclinical, which is they really don't, they suffer from it, but they treat it with over-the-counter stuff or something like that. And it's just on a dull roar all the time. Well, those are the things that can then eventually break down into that's why you have Parkinson's. So number one, how do we get out of Parkinson's is determine that. Determine if, and you can get viral tests. What do you do about virus? Viruses absolutely, like say the, the lysine. Um, again, try and do these things more natural because a lot of the drugs that they do this, first of all, are not treating any of these infections. This is kind of new on the horizon on, on a lot of it, and it's unheard of. But when you think about the logic of it, and if you could literally be the Ant-Man, you would see it. Who's attacking this thing? Let's go back to it. Because the infection means that their body is using up reserves in order to fight infection, okay? And infection, certain things like to live in certain tissues. And I will tell you a lot of the, oh, and I'm gonna also get to another thing, which is toxicity of metals. So aluminum and lead and cadmium and mercury, which can come from mercury dental, has been shown that what happens is, is when the tissues get flooded with these particular type of toxins, it becomes a, a, just a, a complete turn on for Parkinson's of because the nerve is not working. That's another thing that can melt away that fat layer and expose your nerves, especially deep in the brain. Um, so what do you do about it? Number one, if it's viral. Now there's some antiviral drugs and I'm not a doctor. So, you know, what do I know about that? But I do know that people talk about it. They don't work very well. And, and there's not a whole lot of antiviral drugs. And again, it's not just one thing. It's a whole bunch of stuff. Truth be told, it's, it's a viral. It is a bacterial. It is, um, uh, you know, when people get in the stage, it's a bunch of stuff. They got bad dental issues. I find so many people that where it's like, for instance, getting rid of the metal fillings, because not only do the metal fillings hold, for instance, the old silver fillings are 50% mercury. And so it's outgassing mercury ions all the time. But a lot of people that have really old fillings, if you go up underneath that tissue, there's all this infection that's working. It. That's why you have to eventually get a root canal because it kills the root on that nerve. Because what's living underneath thing is these very bad, bad, nasty things. And then again, people get gingivitis. If you really saw what gingivitis is and these what's called the anaerobic bacteria that live in the mouth. They create a gas that is like an arsenic. It's an arsenic gas, You a mustard gas, a neurotoxin. So what's inside, living inside your mouth, what literally goes up into your brain, is both metals, that metals makes a, a nerve tissue die, pulls back like a, they show what a, a, when they expose not even any particles of mercury, but what's called mercury ions. Mercury, all the, there's these videos that you find on YouTube where they're taking just mercury fillings and uh, bits of mercury. And then by putting hot and cold on it, it you see the mercury on it. So drinking a hot cup of tea or soup or hot food, it makes the metal expand, which that pumps out these ions. And then cold, which makes the metal shrink, that pumps ions. And so 
metal fillings are constantly, especially the old ones, are constantly outgassing. And then they've shown when they take a metal ion and bring it close to a nerve in a Petri dish, the nerve literally curls up like, you know, the, the Wicked Witch's feet, you know, like curls up and or like the Wicked Witch melting, ah, melting and it shrinks and it kills it. And the nerve pulls away from it. So that's what can happen with the metals is literally people's nerves are dying inside the brain. But what is it? It's the myelin, because your fat is made, your brain is made out of fat. So we know it's fat. Number one, stop the things that attack the fat. Number two, rebuild the fat. So that is, you have to increase the essential fatty acids, DHA and deltanol, which is the delta tocotrienols that there's been a lot of studies on what the gamma and delta tocotrienols, this vitamin E as an anti-inflammatory or an also a neuroprotective. It rebuilds the nerves. But here's the whole, the, that where I really specialize in figuring this out because you'll have a lot of even naturopaths that work with this and they, in it, they put them on high fat, but it doesn't work. Those are people that can't digest fat. So there's a whole world of people because of bad gallbladder, because they don't secrete enough of, of the soap, essentially the bile. So they can take the fat, but it doesn't get emulsified. And so for those people, that doesn't fix their Parkinson's or that doesn't fix this thing and repair the nerve. Because zoom in, the fat, if the fat is being torn off, if the rats are eating the wires, we have to kill the rats, stop the rats, and then now replace the fat, the fat layer. But if you have a person that can't digest the fat, so I always say, like, you know, take the DHA with the lemonine. The lemonine is just, just this orange oil. You can also add other emulsifiers like lecithin. You can take it as a pill form or as a powdered form, put it in your smoothie. So that's what I would do with that type of person, too, is make sure their fat metabolism is working. Make sure that you are providing the, and then work on the liver gallbladder later. But they need it now. They need the brain. So you got to stop the attack. Now we also get into then this other world of what's called the immune system that creates a mess. So the answer is, is what's called the endotoxin removal. So when a per so again, you have an infection. Let's go to civil war times, okay? An infection is basically you're a northerner or a southerner or whatever, and there's an invader that's coming in. You got to go fight them. And you fight them out there on that field and shoot, bam, 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 and you shoot back and forth and everything like that. And what happens? Dead bodies lay on the field. And let's say people walk away or something like that and decide not to fight anymore, or one guy wins or whatever. If they don't clean those dead bodies, and eventually they'll get to a point where even the fight can, has to stop because there's too many dead bodies. And then those dead bodies will start to rot and will start to toxify and will literally then create the plague that then goes throughout the whole world. And now the warrior has spread all over them. It's called sepsis. Okay. So infection, when it then gets spread all over the place. But what is getting spread is it's the, the rot. It's the endotoxins, the rot of the immune system. So ultimately what takes a person out with an immune system type of thing is not the fight. It is the not cleaning up the fight. So that's where we get into, let's say, the mediclay and um, there's chelation. There's, there's a whole world of if you just put your thinking cap on, there's a bunch of things that you can detoxify the body. That's where we get into, for instance, how do we detoxify? We increase the amount like more laxatives. 
get working and good herbal type of stuff, but also the abdominal massage. Like when you go back to, let's say, who were some of the guys that really, really knew what they were doing? Kellogg. Kellogg knew this and, and he built a whole center. Then this was old Roman type of stuff, but again, he really refined it and brought it into the medical world too, which is, I went to the Kellogg place and it's this building that is beautiful. And up on the very top, you can actually, it's a, you know, it's like a whole gym on top. And that's how he built it. So there was a train that would come in and you'd come in and you'd get your room and they would give you all the right foods. They would give you daily enemas. They would give you saunas. They would give you abdominal, what's called Zabladowski abdominal massage. They would do elevation. They would literally treat your body like a dirty sponge and squeeze the stuff out. And after a month or so, including the Hollywood, you know, elites and whatever. But it, this was also people who were sick, people who had cancer, people who had um, Parkinson's, these different types of things, okay? And they, if it works, they get better. But why did it get better? Because number one, you treated what was going on, which is, it's a tag team. It's not one thing or another. When you have infection, you're always going to have waste product removal that backs up. You become the swamp. We have to clean up the swamp. And so people die always because in, in their system, their, the, whatever state they're in always goes downhill because you can't get of the waste products. And people say, well, they need more, you know, supplements and they need more good stuff to go in, more gasoline or better exhaust. It's both. Sometimes you do have to really increase the amount of, like I said, the DHA and all this other stuff. But if you're going to make the machine work better, if you're going to resurface the heads on your car, you better create a bigger exhaust. Because if you don't create a bigger exhaust, the engine will bog down. I don't care how much nitro you put into it. You'll break the machine if you don't have the intake-outtake balanced. And so that's where, again, people dealing with autoimmune type of stuff and these types of things is... It's a finesse of you got to get it right. You have to, first of all, pick out if there's an invader, like the little boy that cries wolf that has scratches on him is not lying. You have to address it and kind of go, let's go find it. Let's go find what it is. And as I said, you can look at viral, you can look at bacterial, you can look at teeth, you can look at uh, a bunch of, you can look at your toxins in terms of you can have these um, like hair analysis done where they can send away parts of your hair and they can test for heavy metal type of stuff. There's supplements and chelation that can get. So there's answers to these things. So what that means is, oh, and let me go one other thing, is one of the other things that has, there's another study that said, okay, let's talk about all these different types of infections that are very common in everybody. Everybody's got a one or, or a bunch of these. The other thing that can cause the immune system, system to tip scales, as I said, is toxins. I said metals. One of the other toxins is pesticides. So the, the glyphosate, which is the, the roundup, which is people not, no, the farmers, that's why the old farmers have really high levels of this because they're, they've been covered in this pesticide stuff. But we're also starting to see this out there in the world because there's been generations of people that have been eating the highest glyphosate product on the planet, which is American wheat. Because they still, and somebody, Mr. G, is uh, uh, owns all the farmland and here in America, the biggest farm landowner, and they're still doing this type of factory type of thing, farming, which is to increase the yield of wheat. America's the place that does it, which is they use glyphosate three days before harvest of the machine. So when they bring the machines up there, why? Because glyphosate is a desiccant. 
Now we're getting sciency, but what that means is it is that little packet that goes inside of your your supplements to dry things out. So that you know why? Because they make the the heads. Now they put glyphosate on all your lung too, but the rest of the world said, okay, if you put it on glyphosate, if you spray Roundup on a crop, you have to wait two weeks for it to wash off. Otherwise, we think it's toxic. America is put it on three days which is way under that too, so it's literally toxic. Why? Because it makes the heads, the, the wheat heads shrink a little bit, which makes it easier for the combine to separate. They get a higher yield, but it's very toxic. And so there's a lot of people that have the wheat belly type of thing that then, which is a candida infection, that can also trigger a, so how would I clean these people up is let's get rid of that. Let's get the metals out of the body if they're there. Let's get the pesticides out of the body if they're there, which you can. Let's make sure you stop eating these things. The other thing that's been really shown is emotional. So you can have people that have everything right, but they're a basket case because of PTSD or again, COVID in terms of not just the virus, but we're talking about what the world has done has triggered a lot of people into a lot of stress and stress responses. So emotional type of stuff, whether it's past or it's present or whatever, can be the thing that triggers this gene or this response of where the now the body is as you are eat. So Parkinson's in some ways like this is the child that's scared and chewing on their own arm because it's like, you know, life stinks and I'm and scared and biting their nails. So literally you're eating your own nerves away, eating your own fat away. That is where we can get into some other emotional type of stuff. But why do I bring that up? It's because it's these subtle things that the, as far as epidemiology or infection, they're going, what would that have anything to do with that? You know, why, you know, this is what they're discovering is these relationships. And why is it good to know that? Because these things are treatable. And if it's just now zoom back into the building block, the little Ant-Man thing, thing is if the building wall got broken down, you can always send a little robot in there with some bricks and some mortar and, and put it back up. That's getting the fat. So putting people on high level of fat that they can eat. So the keto diet is very good for these people, especially like the epilepsy people, that if you can get them on very, very low carbohydrate, high fat, but... With the people that can't digest fat, make sure they have the emulsifier, emulsifiers in there, lecithin, um, lemonine. That still, now it works for everybody. So if you have these nerve degeneration, even brainstem degeneration, which they call, you know, that's where the toxoplasmosis is one of the leading things that the epidemiologists are going. We think it's that. We find a lot of that is because the toxins that this infection creates are the th few, some of the things that cross the blood-brain barrier at the substantia nigra, which is the base of the brain, the deep, deep part of the brain, okay? Which is the thing that also affects your balance and effects. So now we also get into, like I said, I would put people on the correct anti-infect if it's a bacterial due to the garlic and also dealing with a doctor because sometimes there is a place for antibiotics and stuff like that. So, you know, get rid of the monster under the bed because he's there, okay? Now then repair and put the light on, which is that's bringing in more nutrients, more minerals, especially the fat to rebuild it, make sure that they can, can um, handle that. Um, and then you rebuild it. And here's the thing is people can start doing these things. So like say, if you think it might be virus, 
just go on the antiviral diet. You can go to my website, strategichealing.us, and, and uh, get a hold of me, and I can get you the antiviral diet. You can look it up yourself, which is high lysine, low arginine foods. Also take some lysine. It's just an amino acid. And what it does is it's this thing that it not only starves the virus out, but it also, it turns its mechanisms off. It essentially makes it go to sleep because we're always going to have some of these viruses inside your body. You're always going to have these antibody type of things, but it doesn't have to be a thing that your body like goes crazy over and then starts eating up the house. And if it does, you can stop it and rebuild it. Um, and then we can get into, then we can do some of the exercises and things like that. You know, the vibro board is something that I could highly recommend for people who are dealing with any neurologic type of thing because the shaken baby syndrome that you get on when you stand on a vibro board, it shakes your, for instance, your spinal cord is, and which shakes this stuff and rebuilds it, rebuilds the fluid, it pumps the fluid, but also it makes the, 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 the twitch, fast twitch muscles in your balance of your posture which are little ones, but if you make those move, they produce more heat and they use more neurology. And it's also re-patterning and rebuilding a person's because you'll see the Parkinson's, then they'll start to kind of go over and hunch over. And that's just closer to just kind of curling up into a ball. And that's neurologically what happens is, is when a person goes towards that, you know, death baby stage is, you know, they curl up into a ball again because the, the nervous system, where you start is where you finish and where you finish is where you start. That's a principle and that's true. So if you want to buy yourself more time, then you got to go somewhere in terms of where it, it, it's, it's, it's all about health. It's all about going back to when the state of your energy is at a higher level. So that's where they also get into the immune system needs mitochondrial repair. And there are things like CoQ10 and PQQ and a bunch of other things, Deltanol. A bunch of other things that can rebuild your body's cellular energy. And as long as the workers are paid enough and their environment is clean enough and they have clear instructions and they're provided good building blocks. So the other thing to rebuild the nerves is not just the fat. Give it DHA. Let it sort it out. It'll, it'll do it. That's the good foods at the fish fat and, you know, the meat and, and uh, as well as nuts and avocados and the oils and stuff like that. Um uh, but it's also providing, I forgot what I was going to say, but I guess, again, it's, it's all about rebuilding the amount of nutrients in the body and making, oh, I remember what I was going to say, is there's one other thing that I would add towards that, which is every cell, whether it's a nerve cell or a muscle cell, at the center of every cell is the nucleus. And at the nucleus of the cell is the mitochondria. And then deep inside that is the DNA, which is, that's essentially, that's the plans. Like, what are we building here? You fold out the plans and now all of the different contractors come in and we look, oh, okay, we'll do that, that, that. That's the plans. Now, think about aging or what we would call damage of the cell is somebody starts scribbling on the plans. And that, so the ladders, which are called nucleotides, they get blasted out. And so the code, when it's back to its original state, which is when it was strong and healthy and had a really good adaptive immune system and everything that you want, that's the opposite of the Parkinson's, of the cells in terms of when the cells were perfect and had the insulation all around them, they had nucleotides and the nucleotides were in the right place. So the nucleoimmune, which is these nucleotides that they get from a yeast, from a, a, um, a nutritional yeast, and it's the process that is able to 
turn them into a base product. So think about nucleotides like stem cells, which is it's fresh and it's clean and it's not been messed up with and it has no memory of what happened to it. And if you could replace the building blocks or the plan for the building blocks of each cell and bring it back to its blank state where it was perfect and it's not all scribbled on and it's back to what it was originally, that's what the nucleotides would do. So I would also put a person on nucleotides, um, a couple other different things in order to really give the essential building blocks for cellular renewal, especially the fat, um, the nerves. So uh, it was a lot. <laughs> you can, this podcast, this is Facebook, this is YouTube, Facebook, I'm Strategic Healing on uh, YouTube, I'm Jason Eagle QRA. Um, you can always rewind and you can always go back and say, what was that again? Um, you can always contact me, Jason Eagle at strategichealing.us and even my phone number. You can give me a call all around. I've had people um, come see me from all over the country. A person that with ALS that uh, came, uh, heard about me in Texas and she flew up and she doesn't have ALS anymore, which is related to this type of stuff. And uh, I think it left some some permanent type of stuff, but it's basically it's gone. And uh, it's the same thing. And this is what we did. This is what we did is we went step by step by step by step and rebuilt the nervous system, tracked down what it was. And um, I'm telling you what, this is, it's a combination of well, how do I know that this is true is because I can imagine it because I can zoom into the body and say, oh yeah, that's what it looks like. But also because I've treated people and seen people and when they do these things, they get better. And um, And if it doesn't, then that's what you got. And you got to still make up for that. But it's not the boy who cries wolf. It is, you, there's something happening. And the, the long story told is a lot of the neurologic thing is it is an infection. Don't underestimate even small and, and chronic and subclinical infections as being, oh, that's the thing that set it off. That's what's going on. And that's easy to treat. Oh, the gingivitis. We can go and we can get the, you know, the laser. You can always get your teeth out, right? Um, you can go to, let's say, Dr. Nemeth and other doctors like here in Michigan, but they're all over the country. A periodontist who uses laser treatment. You can get rid of that infection. You, any of these things, you know, chronic urinary tract, you can get rid of that infection. Um, the, the the herpes and stuff that, like I say, people always have, you can bring that down to where it's not, it literally has become sedated and it's as if you don't have it anymore. So that's why it's the good news about these things is that because we've been scratching our head on this Parkinson's, what is it? What is it? And we can't help these people. Okay, this is the way to help because it's really, it's a call out for what's going on inside the body. And again, the people that are really doing the studies on this and are really, they're seeing these correlations going, oh my goodness, it's Pandora's box of what it could be. But don't get overwhelmed by that because these things are all treatable. All of these infections are treatable. All of these toxins are removable. All of these neurology uh, deficiencies and, and damages are repairable. Any damage that happens, if you give it enough time, it will repair. It will rebuild. You know, uh, Christopher Reeves being able to move his finger before he died. I mean, these things, it's right in front of you. So it's, many people think about, you know, the brain damage. Oh, that's the worst type of thing or nerve damage. But it, it's actually the best type of thing because if you live through it and really track it down, you can rebuild it and reuse it. You can retrain the nerves to then, basically it's a computer and it's like, okay, well, let's turn this thing into this thing. And it's like, it will work. And that's, so it's good news if it's neurologic. 
bad news if you don't know what's going on and it's just getting worse and worse. And the treatment that you do makes it worse or it just makes you a zombie. Um, I'm telling you, there's answers for it. So Jason Eagle, your natural health authority. Until next time, bye-bye.